Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our final podcast of 2021. And it feels really odd, and I can't believe that I'm saying that. And uh, what a year it's been. And it's been great to actually have an opportunity. This is quite a new project for us, the podcast. And and we've been overwhelmed by the response from people listening and feeding back from the sessions. And we've had some wonderful guests, including Andy Bridge, Helen Morgan, and Lorna Bradford. And we've covered lots of different areas. So we've focused in on um, Rosenshine's principles of instruction. Um, We've also done some tutoring series as well, sort of what it's like to be a tutor and starting as a tutor with uh, our expert tutor, Rebecca Pratnell. Um, But today we thought we'd spend just a short time thinking about this year and reflect on education in 2021. And I've got some experts here who've come straight from the classroom um, and uh, are able to share with us in in their sort of experiences. So um, I would say, I think last last podcast I wrapped up and I, I sort of want to sort of reiterate that it's been a year that's required such a monumental um, strength for teachers, educators, teaching assistants, cover supervisors to get through. And we've all had to adapt. We've all had to be flexible. We've all had to I, I learn new skills on the way. Um, so I'm hoping that we can actually touch on some of those experiences. But I also want to say before uh, we start reflecting on those, thank you to each and every one of you, because you, you're doing a, a Herculean effort to make sure that our pupils and our students are educated still despite the pandemic. So um, thank you very much. And I'd like to start by um, opening and welcoming Andy, Helen and Lorna. Um, Lorna Bradford is our Head of Quality Assurance and Impact here, um, looking after all our areas around tutoring. Andy Bridge is uh, a Deputy Principal at a school. And Helen Morgan is a trainer, consultant, expert, and previously a head of school as well. So we've got a wealth of experience here. Um, And I'd like to turn first to Andy, and and I'd like you to sort of share what are your reflections on education this year? Yeah, so, I mean, as you said, George, it's been a really challenging year again. Um, I think we maybe thought that we were going to have a much easier ride this year, and then obviously um, COVID's reared its head again. So I think one one reflection for me, if I was going to summarise, would be that the first lockdown in the last academic year was getting to grips with remote learning, Um, whether that's synchronous, asynchronous, live teaching, Zoom, um, we, we probably all really developed our skills with that kind of remote teaching in the first lockdown whereas this year has been um, more challenging in that we've had less whole bubbles out now the rules have changed about um, close contacts isolating and instead it's been managing hybrid learning having some learners at home some in the classroom and trying to spin both of those plates at once and students coming back at different points not all, all having that same prior knowledge
knowledge. Um, so that's been a real, something new for us to get our head around. Like we thought remote learning was a challenge, but actually, you know, if you were doing live teaching, everybody was still moving at the same pace and accessing that same lesson. Whereas the hybrid approach that we've had this year has been really tough for staff to manage and for students. Absolutely. Absolutely, Andy. And and Helen, you've, you've obviously had an opportunity to work with um, many, many schools over this year, both here in the UK and internationally. Um, and various different sort of um, elements of the hierarchy. What what are your experiences and, and things that you can share? Yeah, it, I mean, it's been, like Andy said, a really interesting year. 2020 was was interesting in that we, we had the first phase of lockdown. And like Andy said, um, people really getting to grips with um, remote learning. And I think kind of as we headed into to 2021, um, we did expect things to be better. But I think, you know, I look at teachers, school leaders, um, teaching assistants, associate staff in schools, children, parents, and their resilience has been phenomenal. Um, and the effort that people have put in to, to not just keep education going, but actually to make sure that children are safe. Um, and that they're fed and that vulnerable children are really well cared for has has been incredible. And I think one of the things for me is the pandemic um, has really kind of highlighted the importance of education in its its broadest sense um, and the development of the, the whole person. And I think one of the key things for me um, is about, you know, particularly kind of when I think about this term coming back since September, I think everybody tried to go back to to normal or what we thought was normal. And I think one of the things we've all underestimated is how hard that return to normality has been because COVID is still very much with us. So schools are still experiencing really high rates of student absence, really high rates of, of staff absence. And, you know, really big challenges with things that are happening at at home for for students as well. And I think one of the things for us to do is maybe just step back and reflect upon how what we've learned from this term might inform the pace of things um, next term. And that's not about saying that we need to slow down any kind of pace. It's about saying, let's make sure we get the pace right um, for different people in different contexts um, and make sure that actually we make sure that people are well, um, because if they're well and if their tanks are full, then whatever their role, the likelihood is they're going to do a better job um, of, of working with young people. And for me, you know, I would encourage anybody who's working in a school at the moment um, to try and have a really good break over the festive season, because that gives them the best chance of, of hitting the ground um, in a good place in, in January. I think that's so interesting, Helen. I know we were talking about it. there's a real fine balance at the moment between to what extent as leaders are we doing school improvement and to what extent are we keeping people's heads above water and you know we, you want to have high expectations high aspirations you want to drive your school forward but at the same time um you know staffing in cover some of the logistics that we're working with feels like you're fighting to keep you head above the water and that that's been a tricky balance this term well it all started andy of course at the very start of 2021 and that phrase start as you mean to go on went well and truly out the window because schools were coming back after their christmas break expecting to go back to normal and then there was a very last minute decision by the government to actually close schools for the best part of two and a half months. And we didn't have students back at our secondary school until the, the middle of March. 
And that presented such a knee-jerk reaction that nobody was expecting in January. Well, I say nobody was expecting. We were all expecting it, but the actual announcement came so last minute that it was a real challenge. And that then compounded the impact of everything that happened in 2020. The continued um, disruptions with bubbles and maths, uh, masks sorry, and different zones that schools had to put in place. I'm really concerned about the widening of the gap this year that has no doubt been widened beyond any previous year um, because that impact of home learning, remote learning, it's whether you're a have or a have not. Do you have access in your home to the online learning provision? Do you have a good space to work? Do you have um, the, the, the parental support to actually make sure that you're engaging that learning or have you not? And for those young people who have not got that support or access um, to the IT facilities, that gap is now huge. And for schools to come back again next year with depleted staff because of COVID, with with um, really high levels of struggle, like Andy was mentioning, around cover, will potentially struggle to start closing that gap, I would say, for many more months to come. Absolutely. And, and as you know, Lorna, we, we're here at um, Connects Education Partnership which is one of the sister companies of Thirsty Scholars Partnership, um, have been the <clears throat> the main um, provider of national tutoring um, programme, which was rolled out um, in 2020 in November. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's a, certainly a stopgap to help support the vulnerable and the disadvantaged pupils um, that are not, aren't necessarily able to access that. So, um, you know, we, we have been able to see uh, you know, a huge response and uh, a huge sort of um, uptake of tutors and schools um, and pupils actually being able to access this additional support. So, um, you know, to quote some figures here, but in 20 to 21, we, we supported 25,000 pupils through the National Tutoring Programme. And, and certainly already this academic year, we've gone, we've put 17,000 pupils through um, National Tutoring with 350 different schools um, and that I can only I can certainly see is is just going to continue the need for that and the importance of that and ensuring again that the the quality is right and that it's cohesive and that it's it's um, embedded within the school curriculum and, and um, sort of collaborative alongside the whatever else is happening in the classroom um, so yes it's really important that we think about strategies for why how we're going to address widening the gap for those pupils that are disadvantaged. The government have recently introduced the um, school-led tuition grant as well. Um, and I wonder how many schools are actually accessing that at the moment or aware of how they can use that or utilise that. Um, we've got a number of things here that we can certainly um, help and support with. So drop, drop us a, a message if you want to find out more about those um, at Connects Education Partnership, um, as if you're a school or a tutor or a teacher, because um, we we need tutors and we need teachers on board as well to, to uh, make this happen. Um, uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, Helen, what, what are your sort of thoughts around sort of how we can catch up um, the disadvantaged pupils that we have in this this gap that's growing? So I think, you know, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think um, when we look at what schools are doing, we know that the, the place where you make the biggest difference 
is in the classroom. And, you know, it's about improving quality first teaching for students and maybe adapting the curriculum um, accordingly. I think one of my big reflections is that, you know, in in spite of all of the challenges this year, um, you know, I've been training um, teachers for the last seven years. I've never delivered more training than I have in the last 12 months. I think across kind of the last 12 months, I I delivered in excess of about 250 different training sessions um, to teachers in, in one form or another. And I think there's, you know, there's been a real desire um, from teachers to really engage with their development, um, similarly with school leaders, to engage in becoming better teachers and better leaders. And actually, if, if we're going to kind of think about closing gaps, that there are huge issues with digital poverty um, and there are huge issues with very real socioeconomic deprivation. But if we look at the the bit that we can really control, we can control what happens in classrooms, in schools. And I think school leaders have really kind of harnessed that and encouraged their staff to engage. And I think that's a really positive thing, Um, you know, in in terms of making things better. We we talk about school improvement. Um, We often make it really complex. But actually, if you want to make schools better, then you improve the quality of leadership and you improve the quality of teaching. And I think there's been a huge investment in that. And that doesn't necessarily mitigate all of the other factors. But I think, you know, it's credit to everybody that they've sought to still focus on students and keep them front and centre. Yeah, absolutely. Andy, did you want to build on that? Yeah, I just think it's really interesting. Like like Helen was saying, what's in our comfort zone is focusing on quality of teaching and learning. Um, Using evidence, um, like the EEF have told us about the power of catch-up tuition. So we're we're doing all those things. I I just think one thing that's been a challenge for school leaders is um, over the past 10, 11 years, this sounds quite minor, but symbolically, I think it was quite important that the Department for Children, Schools and Families, as it was then called in the 2000s, became the Department for Education. And over the last 10 years, been a much um, greater focus on schools have been focused on the academic and the learning. And a lot of the pastoral support has been stripped out of schools, which is fine if that support is there in social care, in um, CAMS, in other places for students and families to access. But what I think we've seen over the past 12, 18 months is when we've had these lockdowns down students haven't or some students haven't been able to access that emotional or family support that they've needed and schools are trying to pick up those pieces again now um so in in, in our context we've employed a second young person's counselor because the um the emotional support that some students have needed returning from that lockdown has been just as significant as their learning needs absolutely thank you andy and i think we can't underestimate the the well-being impact and the mental health impact that has happened both to our our schools our employees, our, our community, but also the pupils that have been isolated or, you know, had, sh- had difficult experiences. Lorna, I'm sure you've you've come from a school setting as well and, and now joined us here at um, Connects Education Partnership. Um, did you want to sort of share your thoughts on that? Yeah, thanks, Georgie. Actually, I think at this point, I'd just like to draw on another experience that I've had recently, which is in my role as a judge for the Pearson National Teaching Awards, because this year, 
year, I was asked to um, be a lead judge in the category of lockdown hero. And that was the most inspiring piece of work that you know I've done for, for a while, because ultimately what I had to do was go and see um, teachers and um, school teams across the country who were going above and beyond the above and beyond, because every school this year has been incredible. Exam halls have been food banks and scrub hubs, and we've been social workers and carers like Georgie alluded to at the start of this podcast. But for some schools with even further additional challenges, they, they've really been the, the glue that for their community cohesion. And I absolutely believe that they have saved lives. I've, I've seen schools supporting refugee families in their community who arrived just at the cusp of different lockdowns. I've seen a teacher who was traveling miles around his rural Northern Ireland community to actually get internet into homes that didn't previously have the internet. Since when has that been the role of a teacher? Since when? has that been school responsibility and yet they do it we do it day in day out because it's the right thing to do for our young people and it's it's to be celebrated I think teachers have had to turn their hand to so many different skills this year um that they are really all superheroes absolutely absolutely but they just don't seem to have their cape and it's great that um Pearson do offer this um recognition um our lockdown heroes because absolutely that there are people that have gone over and above and sacrificed so much to really, really make a difference. And we've got some great examples here in, in where I live in a town called Bulldog and community all pulled together um, with the school and, and set up the food banks to make sure that, you know, even pupils had a can of beans or, you know, something to eat every night who weren't able to um, access that. So, um, and we also had a, um, a collaboration around sort of donations of laptops for the schools so that pupils that didn't necessarily have access to technology were still able to get online and be connected and and also um, continue with their learning in some form. So, um, yeah, I, I would uh, wholeheartedly um, support and celebrate everybody that's made such a difference. I can see you, see you there, Andy. Would you like to share? Yeah, I just think that, um, that you're talking about, that flexibility is something schools have embraced, but continue to embrace. So you know, we're working now on a, a model where exams will go ahead next summer. Um, but it's been in so many places. So, we've, you know, we've got a plan in place for if exams are cancelled. We've got a plan in place for if we move to remote learning tomorrow. Um, we've got a plan for catching up with students who've missed time so far. So there's so many plates people spin at once. And I think schools are embracing that flexibility. And obviously we'd love as much notice as we can on what's happening. But schools are doing a great job to be really responsive to a changing situation and just adapting to whatever's thrown at us. It's, it's almost like being an expert project manager, isn't it? it, it there's the skill sets that now teachers and, and schools and educators and people in positions like yourselves are having to adopt. You need to be agile. You need to be flexible. That There isn't a normal anymore you, you never know what you're going to get thrown at what, what's your situation this morning Andy you had uh, 16 people on. Yeah. I think for schools that's quite new because we we work with structure our days are timetabled they're rigid they're fixed our school year just repeats itself like we know exactly what happens when and that's what teachers and school leaders are used to so it's a massive shift um, to kind of feel like you're uncertain what's happening next week or the week after or in the summer term that, that's big for schools to get their head around yeah absolutely Helen you were going to build on Andy's comments yeah yeah, I think, you know, um, from my perspective, I, I get to work with, with lots of teachers and lots of leaders in different contexts in the UK and internationally. 
And I think it's really humbling um, to kind of see the work that people are doing. And I think what it kind of reminds us all is that teaching um, is a really human profession. Um, it's a profession that, that is about people um, and, you know, helping people to be successful and bringing out the best in people, whether that be academically or whether that be personally. And, you know, I think one of the, the real challenges of, of this year with the pandemic is that, you know, it, it's not unique to, to one context or one country um, in terms of level of challenge. It, it's been a global challenge. And I think one of the things that was really interesting for me um, when the pandemic hit, um, I, I worked with a group of school leaders um, probably five or six years ago in Madrid, and they've kept together through a WhatsApp group. Um, and the schools that were experiencing uh, the pandemic first were straight onto that WhatsApp group, sharing resources, sharing experiences and advice with kind of school leaders in, in countries where the wave was hitting a little bit later. And I think, you know, part of me says we've seen kind of individual responses from schools. Um, but to what extent are we kind of sharing knowledge um, and, and really developing a global response to this that might be, be beneficial um, across the world? And I think, you know, there's a point at which isn't there where we need to stop and really reflect on what's happened and really think about kind of the lessons learned um, that we can take to, to, you know, deal with future challenges. Um and I'm not sure whether that time to really stop and reflect is right now. I think we're still in the midst of things. Yeah. But I think at some point it, it is really important that we stop and, and reflect and, and think about how what we've experienced shapes the, the future of education. Absolutely, Helen. I think um, that we do need to stop. We do need to reflect. We do need to identify what lessons have been learned. We need to carry out risk mitigation um, and, and ensure that we're developed and, and better for the future. I mean, I think the messages here is like moving into 2022 we need to make sure that we've got increased access for everybody that we're being equity for all um, and we've seen a big big shift in um, a focus around equality and diversity which has to be celebrated it, that's been such a, a a delayed response I think this is something that should have been addressed years ago um, but actually there's there's been a real movement around equality and diversity and and everybody's actually had to sit up and listen finally which has to be celebrated as well um so i'd like to start thinking about what would be your one key celebration story from this year so let's uh, and they weren't expecting this question they've all gone uh, blank at me now so um would any of you have something you'd like to share with us i think i mean just to celebrate the efforts everybody's putting in and acknowledging that we've not always got things right um, that we're trying we're experimenting things we're dealing with new challenges that are, are being thrown at us as parents are dealing with challenges at home and the children and young people are um, but that we'll keep going we're, we're doing whatever we can um, to support the staff support the students to make sure that we've put the catch up revision in place um, so I think that's that's worth celebrating in itself we've still got a long way to go um, you know Lorna mentioned before this focus on catch up a real worry for me is attendance um, you know attendance even not linked to COVID is a lot lower than we're used to um, in secondary and I think that that's something that will play out over a number of years like the, the impact of this isn't going to be done and dusted by the summer uh, it's something that we're going to have to work on for, for years to come so like just credit to staff 
that are involved with it all and that are working really hard to, to tackle all these challenges. Lorna, I know you've I got think... some great success stories, so uh, you can share some of those. Mm, thanks, Georgie. I think that the the realisation by the general public of what teachers and schools do deserve celebration. And I think that we have a bit of homeschooling to thank for that because I've heard lots of stories of people homeschooling and suddenly realising what it is that teachers do day in, day out. And that's always been quite funny. But what I'm absolutely assured of is that every professional in the world of education has gone above and beyond this year in trying to give their students the best deal they can. Now, that might not be the best deal that you know we would like, but we work within the structures and processes that are in front of us. We work within the government guidelines and nobody wants COVID in their schools, of course. But I know that every single professional goes above and beyond to do the best by their students. And, and that will mean, you know, going and being a social worker rather than just a geography teacher. It will mean opening up your school to vulnerable families. It will mean, like I mentioned earlier, the chap driving through the snow in Northern Ireland to get the internet into homes. That's just incredible stuff. And if that's not to be celebrated, then I don't know what is. I think that's a really powerful statement, Lorna. Um, you are absolutely right. Helen, would you like to um, leave yeah, your I think, reflections? I, th- I think one of the things that kind of really interests me about schools and one of the things that I enjoyed most um, when I was a teacher and, and when I was a head teacher in a school was um, the notion that the school is at the heart of its community. Um, and that the, the school has a really important part to play in that community um, transformation. Um, and, you know, I, I'm going to give a big shout out here to the White Rose Academies Trust. I do lots of work with them, but they're a, a group of schools where their goal is not just to focus on educating their children, but it is about that bigger picture of community transformation and really benefiting the, the communities and leads. And I think we've seen that right the way across the country that schools um, have really kind of sought to play a, a bigger part um, in the pandemic than, you know, just educating children. They've really supported that wider community. They've been a lighthouse um, in, in lots of respects or, you know, that that kind of safe place um, for people in the community or the people who people have turned to for help and support. And I think that needs to be celebrated as well. Thank you so much, Helen. I, I'm just trying to sort of gather my thoughts here um, to round up and, and wrap up 2021 um, in education. I think um, I'd like to pull on some of the comments that both you, Lorna and Andy, have made about how important we can't underestimate how important each and every school, each and every teacher, each and every teaching assistant are for our community. They're the heart of the community. As you mentioned, Lorna, I believe at Glue for Community Cohesion, they pulled together when needed. And we've seen so many great examples of where they've, they've helped support and, and pulled together to provide a safe place for both the students and their families around them. And ultimately, it's about impacting the lives of our learners, isn't it? So we've we've witnessed this year more than anything, I think, transformative learning, trans transformative education and 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 transformative education workforce as well. So I'd like to close today by saying thank you so much to each and every one of you that are out there. 
Um, and I hope you'll have a wonderful Christmas um, if you're listening to this before Christmas. And if not, if you've had a, a, a lovely time with your family, we hope that we're all able, able to get together and celebrate this year and a healthy and happy new year. And we'll be returning for our podcast at the beginning of the new year, which is going to be focusing actually on emerging trends in education for 2022. Um, we'll talk about the importance of well-being and how we can continue to keep learning coherent. And uh, whilst we focus still on our priorities, which are still going to be around health and safety um, and making sure also that we meet the needs of each and every student and give them the support for the vulnerable and disadvantaged pupils that are there being the stability so this has been after the bell podcast series one it's been an absolute pleasure to work with our uh, experts here helen morgan lorna bradford and andy bridge and also to rebecca cracknell our expert tutor um, you can listen to these on a weekly basis and they provide quick tips and discussions and key thoughts with our experts around all things educational. Um, hopefully you're not going to be listening to this on Christmas Day and you're going to be too busy or New Year's Day with your family. But if you are, I hope you're on a treadmill or doing something very positive. Um, alongside this, we also offer our Twilight Toolkit webinars and they're going to continue in the new year. And we're going to have lots of different themes that are going to be rolling out as well. Um, but thank you so much for listening. This is After the Bell podcast from Thirsty Scholars Partnership. I'm Georgie McIntyre, Director of Learning Development. Thank you for a wonderful 2021 and looking forward to 2022.